every runner has some sort of a backstory. I'm going to be your host, Amanda Loudon. We're going to talk to different guests in the coming weeks and months uh, that you're going to find interesting, entertaining, uh, and you'll probably even learn a little bit from it. everyone. Welcome back to Running Story. I'm your host, Amanda Loudon, and I'm really thrilled to have you along for the ride. If you've been enjoying what we're doing here, please give us a good review over on iTunes. Please also hit the subscribe button. Uh, These things help us bring more episodes to you in the future. Also, if you've got any suggestions for great uh, interview subjects, send them my way. I'm at Mississippi1 at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter with uh, the at Mississippi1 handle. Just reach out and touch me. I'd uh, love to hear your ideas and suggestions and uh, any ways you think we can improve the show. This week we've got Paria Hisori along for um, our interview. And uh, Paria is a mom, uh, a blogger with a beautiful writing voice, and of course a runner. She's going to share a little bit about what running has meant to her life, and she also has uh, the story of her friend Amy to share with us all. Amy uh, was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, and uh, there's a virtual run coming up as well as actually a a, a real race uh, if you're living outside the Philadelphia area that's going to help benefit Amy's cause. And uh, Paria wants to share this story with the world, and I'm really happy to have her along to do that. So let's all welcome Paria to the show. Welcome back to Running Story, everyone. Um, today I have uh, Paria Hisori. Um, or please correct me if I'm saying your name wrong. That was perfect. Okay, great. Um, and I have um, kind of met her uh, virtually through the blogging world. Um, so she's got some um, interesting background to share with us, and and we're all going to enjoy kind of walking through her path of running. And as well as a, as a very um, personal um, cause that she wants to talk about and that we're hoping um, we'll be able to get a lot of people interested in and participating in. So welcome to the show today. I'm really thrilled to have you along. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be speaking with you. Yes, this is great. So um, as we do every week with our different episodes, we um, talk to people about what their journey to running was. So why don't you kind of fill us in and bring us up to speed on, you know, how and why you became a runner? Okay. Um, well, I was, I basically grew up the complete non-athletic girl my entire life. Um, never did sports, always picked last in PE kind of thing. And, um, I was 38 sitting at a birthday party speaking, um, to another mom And she um, told me, and this was in 2012, and she she just told me that she had recently ran a half half marathon. 
And for whatever reason, that day, a spark went in my head that made me say, you know, maybe I should run a half marathon. Um, and so I went home and I researched half marathons and I found one that was six months later to give me some time. And I basically um, went from, uh, you know, over a six month period from not being able to run a mile to running my first half marathon. And um, so I started in March of 2012 and my first half was November of 2012. And, and then slowly but surely running seeped in and sort of took over um, a good part of my life. I, um, I'm a pediatrician. I have three kids. I had just um, really spent the years prior to that um, go, go, go with schooling and residency and job and the kids and, and all of that. And I was a very um, happy person who, uh, quote unquote, had it all. And when I started running, all the little cracks that were left sort of got um, filled in. And um, it just uh, all came together. And I realized that actually, I thought I was happy. But now that I'm running, I'm uh, much, much more happy, much happier. Um, so I think, you know, for example, one of the, one of the ways that running really affected me, uh, was that, um, I used to do, um, a lot of, uh, cyclic binge eating, which a lot of women, uh, do. I was a big time emotional eater. And slowly as I started running, I stopped binge eating, um, to the point that it 95% went away. And it took two years of running for me to realize this correlation that I used to binge through my emotions, and now I run through my emotions. And that's been life-changing for me. Um, so that's one example. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I, I love how you said that it kind of filled in the cracks for you. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people, in particular women and moms who find themselves um, kind of immersed in caring for others and and not taking care of themselves, something that a lot of people can relate to in those situations. Um, so when when you did decide to when you you know set out the six month journey to get to a half marathon, were you already um, in any kind of you know fitness routine at that point, or you know what? Uh, yeah, a couple of months, be, uh, or maybe a couple of years before that, I had um, started to do some spin classes here and there. Um, so I'd occasionally go to a spin class. I was one of those people who, you know, every six months would go to the gym for three weeks and stop going. But never had exercise been a regular uh, part of my life. And now, you know, I run four or five days a week, cross train one or two days and, and take a rest day. So, and, and I've been doing that for the last um, three and a half years, I guess. So before that, I would say I never had exercise in my life for more than three to eight weeks at a time and then a six month gap and then maybe a couple weeks again kind of thing. So. Okay. Okay. Great. And when you first started running um, to train for the half marathon, did you go outside? Did you run on a treadmill? How did you manage that? Yeah, I would say that um, fortunately I live in Los Angeles where you can run outside um, year round. And so 95% of my running was done outside. 
Um, and most of it was done on my own, although initially I did have um, a good friend, Katie, who I recruited into running that first half uh, with me, and she did my first half with me, and we did some of our long runs together. But most of my runs I did alone, and I actually think for me, running alone was was the key. Um, so one other thing that running did for me is that uh, I started to on a lot of long runs, when I would sort of run out of thoughts, I would start um, having some flashbacks and memories of um, things that were said to me in childhood that bothered me. Um, I started having some, you know, would have memories of uh, my aunt who was like a second mother to me and passed away um, 10 years ago. And I had many long runs on which after um, about an hour, um, an hour and a half, I would uh, think of my aunt and cry on my runs um, and really pr processed her, the loss of her eight years later through running. Um, so that was another place where, you know, I didn't know that I needed running, but apparently I had all these things that normal things that everybody goes through that I just hadn't quite addressed or thought about or worked through. And I worked through all of that and continue to work through them on my uh, long solo runs. Oh, I love that. That's really, um, you know, I mean, often the phrase is runners running is cheaper than therapy. And, and you know, and I think that's, you know, certainly holds true um, for many of us. Right. Yeah. Um, now you, Tell us, you have a running blog also. Tell us a little bit about that. I, I have to say, I want to, I want everyone to know, I want everyone to go to it because I think you're such a beautiful writer. I think it's, it's, you, you have a, a real talent with that. You kind of weave in the, the spiritual with your writing, I think. And, and I love that. And so tell us about why you decided to start a running blog and, and how that's fit into the picture. Okay. Um, thanks. Um, so my running blog is called uh, mom on the run sanity, R-U-N-S-A-N-I-T-Y. And basically the reason, and I just started it in January. And the reason I started that blog, um, was that actually around the same time that I started, um, running, uh, my friend, um, Katie had texted me a picture of the book mile markers by Kristen Armstrong. Mm -hmm. And so reading her essays, which were about running, but not really about running, um, and running and going through that emotional journey myself at the same time, um, really, um, changed my life and just, uh, really enhanced it, I would say. Um, and so at, at a certain point where, um, I just realized that I'm a runner because I have to run. Um, I thought, well, what if I can write about running uh, without writing about the technical aspects of running? What if I can write my running story and journey without getting into technical details and of, of pace and how to do things because I'm not actually any sort of coach or a person who can give real technical advice, but what if I just share my story and and one person reads it and starts to run and their emotional cracks get filled in the way mine, mine do. If I, if I can do that, um, it will be worth it. And so that's basically how I started my blog and um, called it Mom on the Run Sanity. And I tried to have at least 
a sentence or two about running in every post. Some of them are more heavily based on running, some less. And, um, and then after I did that, uh, really within a couple months of um, starting my blog, I said, what's next for me is to start to give back, you know, in a way that blog was giving back to running. And, um, and then I said, well, I've got to incorporate giving back to running um, a little bit more. And, you know, I, I would say that I've never considered myself a writer, but I'm just very, very honest in my writing. And I think uh, I combine my passion for running and what it's done for me with, my, with being completely honest. And somehow that's ended up to be posts that people are enjoying and um, connecting with. Sure, sure. I think people do like to be able to see someone else's vulnerability because it's something everyone struggles with. And, and you do put it out there. And I think that's a wonderful thing. Um, and you, so I want to touch a little bit too on, so you've got a lot going on. You're a pediatrician, you're a mother to three, you write your blog. I know you freelance write as well. Um, let's talk about life balance. How do you figure out how to make this all work? Um, yeah. So I think that, you know, a lot of my running, I get up and do very early in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, I, do uh, a lot of my writing uh, late at night. Um, I, I think, you know, every, I think, you know, every mother um, just figures it out and, and does it when they have to. Um, I do have a supportive husband, friends, family. Um, so that obviously certainly helps. My kids are a little bit older. My youngest one is in fourth grade, mm -hmm. so they are self-sufficient. So, so that definitely helps. Um, but the mid, I mean, most of it is just making the time getting up at 5am. I, I used to sleep in now I don't, I mean, <laughs> that's just, um, at some point it's, uh, you know, going to bed early and getting up early to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. It's a trade off. I think it's well worth it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 So um, I know you mentioned also there that you um, do most of your mileage alone, but I, I know you also have some, some running friends. I know you've gone to some races with them and things like that. And yeah. so um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, I, I also, I, I run with a great group of friends and, um, you know, I've been running with these same girls for probably 10 years now. And it's a special kind of relationship, I think, with your running friends. And I think, um, I don't know. For me, it's it's a different kind of relationship than I have with other women. Um, how, how does that figure into your life, and how do you how do you kind of I don't know. How would you describe those relationships you have with your running friends? You know, I think that when you um, when you run with somebody and you experience a race with somebody, um, there is just a bond and a connection um, and an understanding. Um, that is so different than your other relationships. And, and I actually, I just um, joined a new running group and um, where I don't know anybody. And I find that, you know, you can, you can run with people that you don't know who are 20 years older than you or 20 years younger than you and 
run together and kind of share why you're there. And there's instantly something to talk about and something to connect you. Um, so I, I really think that although I'm a big fan of the solo run, I also think it's, it is really important to, um, if somebody's listening and starting to run to reach out to a running group and, you know, runners just open their arms and welcome you and you, you instantly form friendships and you talk about things on your runs that um, just you wouldn't maybe normally talk about and you just instantly connect. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely agree with that. We were just this morning, we were, um, I can't remember what our topic was, but we, we were kind of laughing and saying that, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, running and running with friends is a great place to just vent and rant and, you know, get it out, um, maybe in a verbal way that you can't when you're running solo, you know? Yeah. So, um, now and what do you use, um, when it comes to training for races and, and, and different events? Um, how, how have you learned the ropes? Has it been from other people? Has it been from reading on running or how, how have you kind of, um, guided your training? Um, some of it has been uh, reading about running. I've, you know, read read a couple of books. I've uh, followed some blogs. I started following yours not that not that long ago, and then you transitioned to podcasts, which is <laughs> yeah. great. Um, but and um, some of it has been when I first started. I did briefly join a um, running group, and then um, and then um, had to not do that one because of the schedule. So I guess it's been a lot of places, but. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not really a runner who worries about speed or time or I do, I do worry about not getting injured. So I am very careful about that. Um, you know, listening to my body, the number of miles, building up, uh, mileage. Um, uh, but, um, that's other than kind of making sure that I don't get injured, which fortunately I've been very lucky and never really had a, uh, running related injury. Um, I really just run for the mental benefits. Yeah. So that's, that's really great. I like that because I don't think there's, I don't know. There, I, it's so easy to get caught up and care about the numbers and that kind of thing. And I think that's the more typical runner. So, um, I, you know, it's nice to, to talk to someone who, who does it for, you know, other reasons as well. So, yeah. Um, so let's let's move on from here and talk a little bit about um, your friend Amy and her journey and how this um, fits into um, a, a running race that is coming up and how folks can get involved. So so tell us about Amy and, and how this. Uh, right. So that's actually the uh, main reason I wanted to talk to you today and, and reach um, your audience. Um, there is a. 5k called the slay sarcoma 5k that is on saturday october 17th and it can be done virtually from anywhere in the u.s um and it the slay sarcoma 5k was started by the family of a good friend of mine amy reed um and so amy is um a mother of six um she's a physician herself um, she two years ago went in to have surgery for um, what was thought to be uh, a benign fibroid to have a benign fibroid removed and they 
use an instrument called the morselator to sort of break up her what was thought to be a benign fibroid into pieces before removing it. And um, it is believed that that instrument called the morselator caused her um, what actually wasn't a benign fibroid. It ended up being something called a leiomyosarcoma, or we can say LMS to make it easier. Um, it ended up breaking up her LMS into pieces and spreading it out through her body so that her stage one can't cancer went from stage one to stage four. So she went in to, uh, to have what they thought was a benign fibroid removed and ended up, um, having cancer. And as a complication of this instrument, her, um, cancer went from stage one to stage four. Um, so you can sort of read about her, um, entire story on uh, slaysarcoma.com where you can also um, you know, sign up for this virtual race. But basically her family has, so over the last um, two years, Amy and her husband have been tirelessly working um, to get the FDA to ban use of the morselator because um, subsequent to that, other women have come forward whose cancer was spread um, and it's believed to be as a result of use of this instrument. Um, so her, she and her husband have tirelessly been on a campaign to ban the use of the morselator. Um, and recently the FDA did issue a warning, um, an official warning that the morselator may be associated with the spread of cancer, but still hasn't banned it, I believe. Um, but the slay sarcoma run, is actually um, the money from that does not go towards the morselator fight. That fight they are doing on their own. Uh, the Slay Sarcoma 5K, the money from that just goes to, on research towards fighting um, leiomyosarcoma. It is a rare cancer, not a lot of money and funding goes directly towards studying it. Um, so any, any money raised will go just to funding research on leiomyosarcoma. Okay. Um, because, so it's sort of two separate, so there's there's kind of a two-plan attack. One is the morselator fight they're doing that. The other is raising the money for the research on the cancer itself. Okay. Um, and so what I um, would love the audience to do is to go from anywhere in the U.S. and to slaysarcoma.com and they can sign up with their families or individually to run it as a uh, 5k or walk it as a 5k. Um, if they go and sign up as a virtual runner before October 3rd, they will be um, guaranteed to get a race shirt. After that, they may not be able to get a race shirt, but they can still run and they can still donate uh, their money, obviously. And I'm also happy to sponsor runners, um, which is something that I um, posted this week on my blog, that if people wanted to contact me. I'm, so I'm getting a group together for a virtual run in Los Angeles, but I'm happy to sponsor virtual runners um, throughout the U.S. Um, if they will share her story and run on that day for, for Amy. So... Um, if people would like me to sponsor her, uh, their run um, and pay their registration fee, the easiest for that would probably be to go to momontherunsanity.com and um, in the header there's a contact me 
And if they shoot me an email through the contact me, I will get back to them about um, sponsoring their run. Uh, I, I will not require them to become a blog subscriber. I will not require them to read any of my posts. It's really just about slay sarcoma. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, what kind of a response have you guys had so far to the race? Um, you know, in terms like, do you have a, any kind of a gauge at this point in terms of how many people are signing up? Um, I, so, so far I have about 30 people signing up through me, but I'm getting responses, you know, every day, um, on their part, I'm not sure, you know, Amy and her family have a pretty big, um, their own, you know, campaign going. I'm not sure how much they have. This is the second year that they're doing it. Last year, they, they had a goal of raising $10,000 and they raised $30,000. Um, I hope that this year we can match that or beat it. Um, so we'll see. Um, and obviously, if anybody ends up listening to this podcast in a couple of months after the race is over, they should be able to still go to slaysarcoma.com and donate money for research towards fighting LMS. Um, they just will miss the virtual 5K. Okay, okay. And where, I know it's held somewhere on the East Coast, the actual race, so for people who might be local, where is that? Right, so for people who might be local, it is in Yardley, Pennsylvania, which I believe is just outside of Philadelphia. And you can, if you are in the Philadelphia area, um, the location is on slaysarcoma.com of where exactly in Yardley it is, and you can show up on race day and sign up on race day and run with Amy and her extended family and whatever group is joining them. Um, so that is always an option for people in the Philadelphia area up to Saturday, October 17th, 8.30 a.m. Okay, great. Great. Good to know. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I think that covers um, that whole um portion of, of, of the podcast and I and I'm really glad that we could bring it to people's attention. I know um, you know if anyone who's a blogger and, and you know is is on social media, there are a lot of virtual races these days and they really you know they, they do great things and they're a great way to feel connected to a community and that and that you're you know contributing. So um, I'm glad to let people know about this. Yes. Thank you so so much for spreading the word about Amy, about LMS, this really means a lot to me. Oh, no, so. I'm very happy to be able to do it. Absolutely. So um, what do you have coming up um, beyond the virtual race? Do you have anything that you have on your race calendar right now? Um, I'm doing the LA Marathon, which will be Valentine's Day, February 14, 2016. Oh, nice. Um, that will actually be my first full marathon. It's taken me three and a half years to uh, decide that I'm ready to do a first a full marathon. So, But that's not until February. Um, I'm doing a Spartan Sprint with a group of girlfriends. I will. I am going back to the Malibu Marathon in November, which was my first half marathon, okay. and volunteering. And that will be my first time being a race volunteer. I sort of want to pass out the water and say, "You go. You're doing it." I want to experience it from the other side. That's cool. um, so that these are some of the definites, and then I will probably do some 10ks and a couple of halves between now and the LA Marathon. Okay, great, great. And um, I know we talked about your kids briefly, and you were saying your youngest is in fourth grade. So do any of your kids, have any of them gotten the running bug yet? 
Not yet. I'm trying really hard. We did do a family uh, 5K color run graffiti run together this year. Obviously, my kids will be doing the sarcoma run with me. Um, I I think that I have uh, a couple of my two out of my three kids would benefit from uh, running for the mental uh, aspects of it. So I'm going to slowly <laughs> try to get them going with me. That's great. That's great. I know it's it's often contagious. Um, but it's hard as a parent to try not to, you don't ever want to push them in it and turn right. them off to it. And, you know, so yeah, right. yeah, definitely. Right. Okay. Well, um, I think we can wrap this up. And, and so I certainly appreciate your coming on the show. And I, I know it's something that, um, you know, a lot of people are going to find relatable, especially other running moms, um, you know, they can relate to your story and um, will enjoy following you along um, moving forward. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. It was great talking to you.